This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema. I am your host, Lorez, and today we have back on the show Jake Hanrahan of Popular Front, and we will be discussing the 2016 film, American Honey. It's a party, it's a party! It's Jake! Oh, wow! Uh, Are you a wolf? Where's your jacket at? I don't have it. Hey, can I party too? Jake, we were just talking quite a bit, but why don't you just give a quick and concise answer to how are you doing and what is new with you since the last time you've been on the show? Uh, yeah, I'm doing all right, a bit stressed. <laughs> um, yeah. I managed to delete a documentary I'd finished about uh, anarchists in Ukraine, but uh, it's nearly ready and it'll be out soon. Uh, yes, yeah, it'll be on popular front. Everything's going good, mate. You do have a new website up as well. Yeah, man, I got the, um, like before it was just a landing page to like some shitty kind of sub page I made on my site, but now popularfront.co, everything's there, you know, front page, articles, video, everything. So yeah, it's it's moving forward slowly. You know, I want to talk about your movie selection here because I remember the first time I pitched you coming on the show and you, you brought out pie as a recommendation here. I was like, mm. Oh, cool. Awesome. <laughs> this, this is uh, not the kind of movie I would expect. I would love to watch this movie though. I haven't seen it. Second time around, uh, you suggested stalker, which would be a, a perfect follow-up uh, to pie in a lot of ways. Very fitting, a great movie. Uh, but you also suggested the movie we're going to be talking about today, which is American honey. And uh, my reaction to that was American honey. Like, what are you fucking nerd? Like, what, <laughs> like I, I I watched this movie back in 2016, and um, I have not thought about it once since. But I did some research today. Actually, but before I before I even talk about that, why did you pick American Honey here to be the topic of the show? Um, I don't know, man. I'm just a fucking nerd. I think, like you said, like I don't know. It's, it's I love that film so much, man. I think it it probably speaks uh, about me the fact that I think it's just like a very real film in a way. Um, I don't know, man. It's just it's it's like romantic, but in the least corny way possible to me. You know, mm. I, I just there's something something about that film, like. The, the the girl in the film star it's like I want to meet her not the actress I want to meet the the character you right, know what I mean right. and I, I I very rarely get that from a film and yeah it just stuck with me man and I like the way it's shot as well I think the whole thing is handheld I don't know it just felt real to me you know I remember I watched this again when it first came out and I only watched it because I tend to do like end of the year lists for best movies and I try to get it as much as I can and I'm also a Shia LaBeouf fan. I like Shia LaBeouf. A lot of people don't like Shia LaBeouf. I understand that. No, I think I think he's a like I think he's not a bad guy, but he's surrounded by the biggest fucking dickheads and like leeches. And I think he's very naive and they kind of lull him into this weird space publicly. But as an actor, I think he's great. Actually, uh, I had a big fallout with uh, like his you know his like business manager <laughs> a few a few more, about six months ago how um, you gonna explain this hold on a second well no, no. so he contacted me right uh you know and i was doing this atom waffen investigation so for anyone that don't doesn't know i did this big investigation into this militant satanic neo-nazi group in america um exposed a lot of what they were up to you know there, there was like five people that have died under the kind of umbrella of atom waffen militancy anyway so Shia LaBeouf's, uh, how do you say it? Shia? It's Shia, right? Yeah, Shia. Yeah, Shia. So Shia LaBeouf's 
like business manager guy, like the guy that he does all the fucking art shit with, you know, like that nonsense that he does, mm-hmm. you know, puts a bag on his fucking head or like, you know, screams, he will not divide us, all that bullshit. So he contacted me, uh, it's his art guy. And he's like, hey man, like really good work with the Nazi stuff. And I was like, yeah, all right, thanks very much. And then he tried to like equate his stupid stunt with the fucking he will not divide us thing <laughs> to the investigation I did. He was like, yeah, we do the same kind of shit, man. And I was like, wait, like, you mean that? And he was like, oh, I don't know if you know, but like 4chan did this thing where they kept trying to find the flag. And I was like, yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> and he was like, dude, fuck you. And I was like, what? He was like, that's not funny. We nearly got killed, man. And I was like, even funnier, even funnier. Like, and then mm-hmm. he just was like, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> like, it was wow. just like crazy. <laughs> and I was, and then he was like, um, oh, like they, someone burnt this thing. And we nearly got burnt up. And I was like, shit, I didn't know that. And he was like, you know, I was kind of just trying to ease it off. And he had to be like, yeah, fucking think next time. So I was like, you know what? It's even funnier, actually, that you did nearly get set on fire. And then that was it. You know, he was, uh, I don't, I'd probably do mean that. <laughs> it's kind of funny, you know? And um, yeah, so so we had this weird thing. And then he was like, must have been tweeting about me publicly. And everyone was like, no one gives a fuck. Like, you know. And you were just going to gloss over that as you got to your next point. Unbelievable. I, yeah, but it's yeah. such a dumb thing. Like, I don't know how I end up in these weird fucking arguments. Um, I, yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about that because you also had your thing with Kathy Griffin since Kathy the last show, Griffin. Yeah, and that was man. hysterical. That was uh, pure uh, entertainment for like forty-eight hours. Yeah, it was hilarious, man. It was um, yeah, okay. So, um, <laughs> and I'm not like an e guy. Like I don't go trying to get into arguments with people. I really don't. But she tweeted something about like she was basically trying to like shame young people that like being choked when they have sex. Like, right? Just some weird shit. And I, I'd been drinking, like, it was around Christmas time, and I happened to check Twitter, and I saw her doing it. And I was like, oh, fuck off. Like, just, you know, like, leave people alone. Like, why is this old woman kicking off about young people doing this thing? Anyway, so I, I think I retweeted it, and I said, like, oh, as soon as boomers die out, the better. And then um, I deleted it, because I was like, it's not, that wasn't very funny. Like, it needs to be funnier. But then, right. well, you know, and then I fucking forgot about it, and whatever, I was, like, watching TV. And then uh, I checked Twitter again and it exploded. And Kathy Griffin had like screenshotted it and was like, get this motherfucker. And I had like, she's got like 4 million followers. So I had all these like wine mums, you know, contacting me like, you fucking scumbag. Uh, So then they were like, why did you delete it? Are you scared? And I was like, no, no, I I was going to make it more offensive. And they were like, you're going to say sorry. And, you know, me being the dickhead I am, I was like, nah, man, like, I uh, I mean it. Like, the sooner you all die, the better. And it just really escalated. And uh, people, <laughs> we have this amazing screenshot. I'm going to make it into a sticker. There's two of these, like, wine mom liberals, like, arguing. And, you know, my, you know, my company, my platform is Popular Front. So one of them was like, what is Popular Front? And then I was, and then the other one says, I don't know, probably some incel group. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now like on the Discord, we just joke like, yeah, we're an incel terror group. And uh, yeah, it was just mad, man. It, it really ran out. It ran like it really ran. And so I kept replying to her saying like, support Popular Front. And then I got loads of new supporters on the Patreon <laughs> because people saw it and were like, oh, this is cool. Like, so, you know, thanks, Kathy. That, that whole thing was rich. I remember someone tried to accuse Popular Front of being a, a Nazi organization or something as well. Which Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they, uh, you know, like bearing in mind that most people think I'm like a far left anarchist. Right. They, they somehow, because, you know, I don't watch my language and I don't believe in PC culture. They were like, this kid's a Nazi. And it was literally just off the back of that neo-Nazi investigation where, 
you know, we got like a fucking Nazi kicked out of the US Marine Corps because he'd been, you know, punching up trans people. And we found, you know, we proved it, me and the, the team I was working with on the investigation. So yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty funny. And, and what, what Kathy did actually, the worst thing she did, um, just let me mention this. This actually got a bit dark. So, you know, I used to work for Vice and Vice, a lot of the execs are up to their fucking eyes in sex assault cases and all sorts of fuckery like that. And she kind of was like, oh, he used to work at Vice. He's probably a rapist. <laughs> and I was just like, what the fuck? And like, you know, I've never been involved. You know, I'm, I'm nothing. I'm not fucking one of them guys. You know, I'm not a, a fucking, you know, psychopathic exec Vice type. And um, I don't understand the, the, the logic among these celebrities where they allow themselves to be so touchy to random comments. Like, I remember I was having a, a, a conversation about, I don't even remember what it was. Oh. It was about John Landis. You know who John Landis is? He's a director. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He directed American Werewolf in London. He did the Twilight yeah, yeah. Zone movie. He got uh, a couple of Chinese kids decapitated on his set. Uh, but we were talking about this movie, The Stupids, which was an awful 90s movie starring Tom Arnold. And uh, I remember I just out of the blue tagged Tom Arnold in the conversation, and he started viciously attacking all of us. It was quite the sight to behold, I will say that. Um could you imagine if, like, you know, if I was rich, like these people are, like the last thing I would be doing is arguing with dickheads like me on Twitter. You know, I'd be like, I don't know, fucking riding a jet ski or something, <laughs> you know, or like building a fort in my garden, you know, like, yeah, it's weird, man. And also like people like Kathy Griffin has made a fucking career off of edgy comedy and she couldn't take a joke about, you know, dying out as a boomer. Maybe she knows she's going to die soon. She's pretty old. Mm. I, I don't know. I, I don't get it. And I also think it's just very poor optics whenever somebody tries to go in on one of their detractors in a public sphere. Um, unless it's like someone of prominence. If you, if you, if someone's on like the same level as you, if it's a fucking egg with three followers, then, yeah. you know, why are you wasting your time? Clearly, there's, exactly. there's some yeah. other kind of underlying issue there. But we've kind of strayed a bit from the subject at hand, which is, again... Yeah, as we always do. American Honey. I, I, I went... Back into this film last night, I rewatched it. I remember I pulled it up on Amazon Prime. I saw it was two hours, thirty-five minutes. I, it was just an immediate ugh. Like I don't, I, <laughs> I didn't hate it. I didn't dislike it or anything. But I also felt like, you know, is this a movie I'm gonna think back to? No. But I watched it again last night, and there were two things about it that I did particularly enjoy that I didn't quite take from the first uh, viewing of it, which is that it builds a very good atmosphere of where in the country it is and also the kind of lifestyle that these kids happen to be living and engaging in. Um, yeah. But also, uh, Shia LaBeouf's performance in this is better than uh, I would say he's been given credit for. And also, the main girl is very good. Um, she's, she's so good, yeah. She, she really carries the whole thing, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But I had done a quick search today just to get well-versed with the names of the characters and whatnot, because I was doing a podcast yesterday on Dragged Across Concrete, which is a movie I really love, but I couldn't remember any of the character names, so I just kept calling Mel Gibson's character Mel Gibson over and over. <laughs> yeah. so, and I don't want to do that here. Um, sure. But I, I noticed that this movie had more of an impact in the UK than the US. It was nominated for a BAFTA for Best Picture, and here... It was kind of brushed under the rug where I think it might have been one of those direct to streaming releases. So it never really? it never really got its due in the United States. And it it was also popular at Cannes. So 
I don't understand. Do you know what? Um, that Now you've said that. that let me, this does make sense. Now, one of the reasons I like the film was I watched it and the group, you know, the weird kind of wayward kids that she ends up hanging out with and going on a road trip with. I watched that and I kind of recognised those kids you know mm-hmm. i've hung around with people like that in my past as a teen and been around weird fucking people that you don't really know who are like aimless but also careless and yeah whatever and when i saw that, that american honey i was like ah america has those kind of people too like I, i've never been to america and everything i see and you know we consume in america is very polished you know even the so-called rough side of america seems very polished or if they show it it's like, look at these meth addicts, you know, look at this white trash or look at the hood. Whereas this is like, yeah, this is this white trash lunatic kind of community. And that's not even a part of it. It's just like, here's them doing shit, having fun. And yeah, it's very, the way they hang out feels very British, if you know what I'm saying. That might also be in part because I think the writer and the director is from England. So really, yeah, she did um, Fish Tank, which was Another very good movie. I think mm. uh, Michael Fassbender was in that one. That's but, right, yeah. But yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And uh, as far as like this being kind of a recognizable group of people, yeah, I, I, I felt that as well. Because, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I had grown up in the projects, low income. So you had like these types of kids around all the time. But, right, right. But this is more of a like a Southern Midwestern uh, version of that, which you only really see in film when it is taken to somewhat of an extreme. Like the movie that I compare this to in my head, which is not really similar, but has a similar uh, atmosphere to it, I guess, is Gummo. Have you ever seen Gummo? No, man. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Okay. Well, Gummo, and actually, um, Kids. Did you ever see Kids? Mm, no. You got to check out those movies. That's like a more urban version, especially Kids. Kids was um, Harmony Korine's first movie that he wrote. Uh, Larry Clark, who was just this old, weird, pedophile 70-year-old hanging out at the skate park with a bunch of 10-year-olds, decided, I'm going to start shooting stuff with these teens. Very weird situation how that movie came about. But that movie is great. And then Harmony Korine, when he was still young, decided to go venture off and do uh, his own directing. And Gummo was his first film. And it's extremely, like, white trash aesthetic, much more so than this. It's, like, visibly gross, this movie, Gummo. And um, to watch it. Yeah, it's really something. American Honey has a bit more glamour to it, and the characters are also much more likable and uh, just easier to follow, I guess. Mm. I think with um, with Star, the main the main female role, she I, I think she's so good at acting. The way she interacts with uh, Shia LaBeouf, what's his name? His name's Jake, actually, right? His name's Jake, the main character. Yeah. The way they interact, there's like really basic, small things that she says and does that... I don't know, man. It just feels real when I watch it. And it says more to me than any kind of like bullshit over romantic thing. Like, you know, there's this thing where he says, oh, um, I got you a present. She's really mad with him. But then as soon as he says that, she's she's not mad anymore and she wants to know. And it kind of shows like a real fucked up. Um, she's very, you know, uh, what's the word? Damaged. You know what I mean? And yeah. we see that at the start slightly, like her stepdad or a dad or some shit is like groping her. Like the most, that is one of the most uncomfortable scenes i've ever watched you know he's mm-hmm. he's holding her close and dancing to this very romantic 
like country know, 2016 song, yeah. country song yeah and and she just starts crying oh it's so fucking dark and it's only for like a minute but i think when i was watching it i, I didn't even really know what it was to be honest when I, i just put it on one night and when i saw that i was like whoa okay like this is uh this is gonna get a bit deep and i, I feel like throughout the film she really shows that vulnerability through the kind of attachment she has to that jake character you know i think this was actually sasha lane who plays star this this might have been her first role and you get that vibe from a lot of the actors in the movie it feels like they were just kind of picked up from a local area and like hey you want to be in a movie <clears throat> yeah and But the I, way the kids talk in the van I, i i've not read anything about this film done no research i've never even seen another um harmony korean film <laughs> but the way the kids are in the van i was watching that thinking like there's no way that's scripted not a chance the major strength of movies like this and also movies like what had uh, harmony korean had done with gummo and actually really all of his films is bringing out people you wouldn't normally see in films and then having them also converse in manners that feel authentic that is definitely the case here i think andrea arnold who uh, directed this managed to do that well we definitely need in my opinion anyway more films that aren't necessarily concerned with structure to them because i don't mm. think that there is a structure to this movie but I don't see that as a flaw in the overall film itself. Like, I, I, I again, I keep going back to Harmony Crin, but I, I was doing a show yesterday where uh, my friend had just seen his most recent movie, The Beach Bum, which stars Matthew McConaughey, and it's a weird comedy. And the structure to that movie is so much different than any other movie out there. Because, because when you take a look at, uh, you know, this film, for example, there's not necessarily a proper three-act structure to it. Um, But then you also take a look at the beach bum and it creates a new thing where it's almost episodic, where you have this person going to, uh, you know, different characters and fulfilling certain different adventures and moving on uh, about four to six times throughout the length of the film. And it creates almost like a five act structure. It's very weird. This one, uh, American Honey, just seems to, I don't know, it, it, it seems to just float in place throughout yeah. each of the acts until it comes to some kind of a resolve by the end that feels appropriate given where things started. Yeah, but I kind of like that because it feels a little bit like, I don't want to be like really fucking pretentious, but you know, that that road trip that she's on, kind of feels like it rolls with that you know because there yeah. wasn't like a very specific start in middle whatever like it's just like yeah she's just fucking lost and all over the place and i feel like the film kind of works like that um but what going back to what you said about the authenticity i really i really think that's hard to do you know if um i don't know uh, maybe if you know if i if i was hanging around you right Uh, you know, out with your guys, and you, you're obviously, you know, you got this thick kind of accent. And imagine I started trying to say the slang that you say, and you'd see it a mile off. You'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" You know, yeah, it's yeah. like when a, when a posh kid from outside the neighborhood kind of starts hanging around with you, and then starts copying, you know, and you're like, "Fuck off, man!" It's you can see it a mile away, you know. And I feel like with this film, every bit thing they do, I don't know because I'm you know hanging around with American kids, but it definitely feels like oh, okay, yeah, I believe they're who they're trying to be, you know? Like, right. I just, that's, I think, yeah, and, and everyone's a little bit ugly, you know? They're, like, beautiful but ugly in a way, you know what I'm saying? I don't, mm -hmm. I don't even mean ugly as in, like, bad looking. Like, the, the, the star is, like, 
beautiful. But she's got like these nappy dreads, like they're all messed up. And like Shia LaBeouf, for some reason, has this huge like rat tail on the back of his hair. And, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> no one explains why. And he's wearing fucking braces, you know. And when he thinks he looks good, he looks like shit, you know. Like he puts on a suit jacket and they're like, oh, yeah, you look good. And they, you know, it's funny as fuck that they all look like shit in a way. And I quite like that, you know. I feel like other films bring the most beautiful people on. And even when they try and make them look like shit, it's like, nah, man, it's just, I'm not buying it, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, but that's absolutely real and especially tailored to areas like this. Like, I I remember I had gone out to uh, to Maine, which is not that far from me. I'm on the East Coast, a very, like, urban kind of area, big city. And um, I went out to Maine and, uh, you know, Portland is their biggest city, but you look around and it's like people don't know how to dress themselves in certain parts of the, the country. And that's definitely the kind of vibe that's here. And it feels real to that it doesn't feel like oh well we we just have to go to the nearest walmart and get something that's going to look funny on these people it's like no you it's exactly what you said the characters look as if they think they look good like they're dressing themselves in a certain yeah yeah exactly where they're trying to impress but they also don't really have an eye for any kind of fashion which is uh so great and and shia LaBeouf with his like his his almost jerry curl kind of hair in this movie (laughs) and that rat tail oh boy God, great. But he's still like the way the part he plays he's a very like um you know if you met someone like that you'd be like oh fuck i want to talk to this person i want to i want to be around this person like the cockiness and that you know he seems like he's got something about him and when i watch it i feel like he doesn't it doesn't feel like oh he's just acting yeah it's like oh fuck that's like uh that's, that's feels real to me you know and i feel like often people that you know, they don't give a shit about this, that, and the other. We'll have something a lot more valuable to them like that, you know? Like, they'll have more character than some, I don't know, some fucking snob from East London who's, like, wearing all the latest trends, you know? So what do you think it is about this kind of movie that seems to respond better with audiences in the UK as opposed to in the US? Because I've noticed this kind of filmmaking style is more prominent in filmmakers that come out of England, like another director, we've talked a lot about Harmony Corinne, but another director that seems to borrow the same kind of method as Andrea Arnold here is Shane Meadows. Have you ever seen Oh, yeah, man. He's from my area, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, he's I, from the East Midlands, man. Yeah, I could tell from your accent. That's, that's what I would <laughs> recognize that from. But his movies are also kind of abstract. They do have more of a strict uh, structure to them and a script than uh, this movie, but for the most part, he lets his actors mess around a little bit and get a feel for the scene and then go with that as opposed to whatever might be on the page. Mm, mm. You know, you know, uh, Dead Man's Shoes by uh, Shane Meadows? Yeah. There's, there's a bit in that film where the actor, it's so real to me because, you know, I've grown, I've grown up, I live in the East Midlands and, you know, I, it's a very weird place. It's neither up north, which is more country-ish, but it's neither down south, which is very, very urban. It's a bit of a mix, you know, uh, you know, hence the Midlands. It's right in the middle of the country. So it's like we're a little bit country um, and like a little bit um, city. It sounds like a fucking song from South Park. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's very, there's a very weird culture here and he's captured it so perfectly. There's this bit in Dead Man's Shoes where this guy jumps out the car and he's like, do you, want, do you want to fight? But the way he does it, this guy is kind of grinning. And he, the guy with the leather jacket, like the fucking like jock version guy, he's kind of grinning. And it's really menacing the way he's kind of laughing. He's like, you're not scared of me, are you? You know. And this other guy is the psycho. And it's I've seen that at school and shit. You know, I've had guys when I was a 
kid, like I've been beaten up by guys like that, you know, like yeah, scary yeah. fucking menacing guys. And maybe it is the same all over the country. I don't know. But when I watched that, I was like, that is, I know that guy, you know, and it's um, a similar feeling I got with American Honey, you know, and I found that really odd because I thought I've never even been to America and everything I've mostly consumed about America has been very, you know, over the top. But when I watched it, I was like, man, I know those kids, you know, I, I've hung around with those kids. You know, well, I remember when I was about 12, 13, I was into skating and, you know, there was always some fucking weird guy. He was about 40 who would like let us smoke weed in his house, like with his wife. when we're like 12 years old, you know, weird. Or we'd go camping with like some girl that was like 20 who was trying to fuck like a 14 year old lad that we knew, you know, just yeah, weird yeah. fucking people that come in and out of your life. You're not really friends with them, but they're just there. And American Honey, when I watched, I was like, yeah, man, I've met freaks like that, you know. But again, for, for me, the main draw is this kind of romance between Jake and the girl star. Like, I just think it's, I feel like he is, he's obviously like a bit of a bastard and he kind of uses these women to get them on board with him. Uh, maybe I'm just wishful thinking here, but when I watched it, I thought, ah, he actually loves that girl. Like he's, he's trying to bring her in because, oh, she's pretty and she can work with us, but then he's actually protecting her and he's a fucked up guy, but you can tell he's kind of a bit, oh my God, like I love this girl. You know, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he doesn't know what to do. And I, I don't know. I, I just feel like the whole thing, like they're very vulnerable in it. I quite like that, you know? Yeah, no, I definitely did not get the vibe that uh, Jake happened to be using Star in the same way that he was yeah. the other characters. Because he does have that scene where um, he thinks that she has slept with the uh, like oil rig guy who picks That's her up, right. pays her yeah. 500 or $1,000 to hang out. And, you know, they have like a moment in the car, but they don't sleep together. Mm. And he freaks out over that yeah, he's smashing the place up you know he's fuming man yeah i tell you what as well there's this one scene and I, I don't know if it's just me being a fucking baby but i think it's really well acted there's a bit where he's talking and i've fucking seen this a hundred times in my professional life you know he says for example uh you know um she, she says he's like this rich woman's house and they're trying to sell these magazines he's lying he says oh i'm gonna go to college and she goes what are you gonna study and he says politics and she laughs because yeah, obviously yeah. it's a very like hmm, this ghetto kid is gonna don't think so and the girl sticks up for him or whatever and as they're walking off he mentions it and he's like, you stuck up for me, you know? And the way he says it, it's like, I watched that and I thought, oh, that really meant something to him, that character, you know what I mean? Like it was a shock to him. And mm-hmm. and, he, and he, I think he even says like, I like that, you know? And she goes, maybe I'll do it again then, you know? And I just thought that's a real, real moment, you know? Like a, a real, I don't know, just some kind of, some kind of love there, you know? Like a very specific thing that's, it, in that moment, I was like, these two know each other, you know? They've seen each other like before, if you know what I'm saying. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I I absolutely agree with you uh, as, as far as that goes. I, I was just looking at the cast list right now, <clears throat> and um, I don't know if you would know the name of this actress, uh, but Ariel Holmes. Does that sound familiar to you, that name? No, nah, man. Okay, so I know her I from... Crystal, right? Uh, let me let me take a look here. Yes. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. Actually, sorry. No, uh, no Crystal is Crystal is Riley Keough. She's like another established a- uh, actress. Okay. Ariel Holmes. I I saw her in a movie that's got a similar free flowing style to this one, but is much darker. It was shot in New York City by the Safdie brothers. So I I positively adore those guys. I love the movie Good Time. That was my favorite movie of 2017. Can't recommend that enough. They do a similar thing. They go and pull out people who would not normally be in films. And there's an actor right now who is superb, who I I can't get enough of seeing in these films, called Buddy Duress. And he's like a 1970s Italian 
just like a street kid, basically. And I think he's, he's like they they have a habit of like grabbing like ex heroin addicts and junkies <laughs> and and putting them to work in film here. And Ariel Holmes is in this movie. And she's also great in another movie called Heaven Knows What, where she plays a version of herself. And, uh, you know, if you're into this movie, you might be into that movie as well. Mm. Uh, but it's much darker. Uh, but just to rewind a little bit, there's something you had said earlier about how, you know, you're a kid at the skate park. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you, these people kind of just kind of drift in and out of your life. That got me thinking back to when I was a kid a bit. And that was absolutely the case as well, where you would have really weird people that would just suddenly infiltrate your group who weren't even close to the same age as you and nobody really thought anything about it at the time but then you look back in retrospect <laughs> and it's like was you know was that guy like grooming us or something like what was, what was happening there yeah you know? yeah, yeah. I, I was actually this guy i was saying about when we were like we we're hanging out with smoking weed with this like 40 year old guy um I, I was joking to my friend about this not long ago and i was like that guy was trying to fuck you because he was really friendly with this one lad like a friend of mine i don't want to say his name and i was like he was trying to fuck you man like he was trying to pedo you to death like he was gonna <laughs> fucking kill you and put you in his basement like he was a weird fucking guy but again like why the fuck were we hanging around with these people and at the time i thought oh this is great like this is cool yeah. somewhere to sit you know and and we'd go and uh we used to light fires we used to do weird stuff man. we used to go in uh, there was like a forest near where my grandparents live and uh, well not a forest like a field area and we, we'd go and like camp and light fires and like st we stole petrol one night like a whole can of petrol and had this mad night of like lighting things up and just fucking weird stuff man there was a lot of drugs as well i wasn't into that i, I was never been a drug guy you know but i would see my friends and I, you know the things you would never see suddenly seeing them very quickly at a young age is like whoa what the fuck you know and it's odd you know very odd it's uh i, I think yeah. a lot of young people can relate definitely in britain as well in a specific demographic of britain i i bet uh, when i say that thing about the weird old guy we hung about with like i bet 100 people think yeah i've, I've had that before you know it, we, we, so were you like a bad kid when you were growing up? I was, when I was young, like I was a good kid, you know, like I was good. I was very, um, I don't know. I was just kind of shy, you know? And then, and then when I turned about like 10 or 11, 12, like I got into skating and I would, I just became like a very kind of punk kid, not like the style punk, you know, but just, I wasn't even like the style of a skater, but I was just skating. I was for a while, but you know, I like love skating and, I, and my friend got into it and, we were kind of in that era of before skating was really cool again, you know? So like my friend had a, his brother had a skateboard. Then I was like, fuck, I'll get one. And then we started skating and, you know, and, and then I definitely got into, um, uh, yeah, we were, I guess we were actually. Yeah. Like I was, I was just laughing to myself in my head then, because if you ask like, um, you know, friends of mine and when we speak, we're like, holy fuck, like how the hell did we get away with that? You know, but we used to do things, I don't even know why. Like we get into shoplifting as if it's fun, you know, like, Hey, what can we shoplift? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Nothing, not from like independent, but like, you know, like stealing ice creams and, you know, sweets and like dumb shit, you know? Uh, oh man. Um, I, I had a terrible, yeah. I had a terrible addiction to shoplifting in my teens. Right? It was great. Yeah. The yeah. buzz like, Hey, yeah. I, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't do anything too egregious. I mean, I, I would steal, uh, like Blu-rays and DVDs and video games from the local yeah. wall. They used to have, I'm not, I'm not uh, condoning this behavior or trying to give anybody tips out there, but no, it's uh, fucking stupid. Yeah. If you, if you go to, if you go to a Walmart or target anywhere that has like a home and garden section that requires oxygen to be, uh, you know, in sunlight for the plants, 
uh, you can put things outside of those bars in the parking lot. <laughs> and so I would just make trips to the entertainment section over and over. I'd go back to the home and garden, just put things outside the bars. And then I'd leave the store, pick up this big pile of DVDs, no bag or anything. Everything still get the fucking barcodes and everything. And I would just walk down a hill to my house with this huge stack of stuff. Um, Where was that? You said Walmart. Yeah. That was Walmart. Yeah. Right. And, and eventually... Definitely don't do that. That's definitely not a great tip. <laughs> no. Um, and I remember I took a break from this for a while and I got so in the habit of it. Like you would go to a, like an FYE or you'd go anywhere and it, you just shove shit in your pockets and walk out. But I, I stopped doing this for a while. And then I remember I did it again with a friend of mine and another friend of mine. And we went up to the Walmart that night. And I remember the, these two guys were tailing us. And I thought, oh... They want shoplifting tips, not thinking for a second they were undercover security guards. <laughs> I was a fucking retarded boy. I'll yeah, that, that makes sense. Oh, they definitely want to know how to steal with us. It's like, oh, yeah. That, no, that really was my, my first inclination there. And then all of a sudden, I'm noticing a cop at the, the front entrance of the store. And I'm like, something feels off now. We got to get out of here. And then finally, they pull us aside. And it's like, you got to go to the back room. So uh, my friend's mom shows up. And you know, he, he's Muslim and she's like very devout in that faith. And she freaks the fuck out. Crying, and, screaming, yeah. how could you do this? Yeah, We're no longer allowed to hang out with this kid. And, <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I, I uh, you know, I was at the time uh, maybe a junior in high school or something. These kids were sophomores. And I remember they made us fill out a form and they're like, all right, we're going to have to call your parents. They're going to come pick you up. And my 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 thought was, OK, I'm going to text my girlfriend real quick. You're, you're going to pretend to be my mom. And they phoned her up. And uh, luckily, I managed to get out of that without my parents finding out. And um, I still didn't think to not put my actual address on the card they made us fill out. And so what wound up happening was. They didn't find out, but I wound up getting a $500 like fee in the mail that I had to pay or else I was going to be banned from Walmart for life. I was just like, <laughs> Jesus <"Huh."> Christ. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. I, but like, that's it, right? Like, you know, like you said, were you bad? Like, I, I mean, some people probably definitely thought, you know, me and this group of friends were bad. But I think at that stage, we weren't really bad. We were just like just fucking roguish, you know, yeah, like stretching yeah. our legs. Like we'd break stuff for no real reason. You know, like I remember one time my friend like rode, rode a skateboard um, off this roof of this fucking doctor's surgery, you know, like weird stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, it's quite innocent in a way. I mean, uh, maybe not that innocent, but, you know, like only later as I got into being real kind of teenager, did, you know, get into fighting and all that bullshit, you know, like thinking you're the tough guy and shit. But back then it was almost like kind of recreational, innocent, really bad stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's hard to explain. It, it, it wasn't make, innocent, but uh, well, it kind of was, you know. It was, we yeah. were bored, man. We were just fucking bored, you know. Yeah, just rambunctious kids. But it makes me wonder if, like, kids today have that same kind of outlet. Because you, you and I are, I, I believe, the same age. And we grew up in that period right before the internet just started consuming everything. Yeah, I'm 29. You're you 28? Yeah, I'm going to be 29 uh, this year, though. So Right, right. Um, so, yeah, and, same age, yeah. So you had to make fun outdoors. And, you know, I remember um, just a little while back, we were talking about how we had emulated jackass in our youth. To yeah, some absolutely. Degree. Yeah. And, th and that yeah. was absolutely part of that as well. So just just getting into trouble, essentially. Yeah, and like something that's just like kind of, oh, you shouldn't do that. Fuck it. Let's do it more. You know, like that was always my attitude. Like if you shouldn't do it, do it way more. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I feel like. 
I feel like kids today don't have that kind of outlet and they might need that outlet. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Like when I look around my area um, and the way kids are now, like very early on, they get into this kind of street culture. You know, I mean, I'll see like 12 year old, 13 year old drug dealers, you know, and they're the way they talk. You know, I've had some like fucking 13 year old near my house be like, yeah, I'll stab you up, bro. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> like why? <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, and it's, it's just like it very now they're pushed into it a little bit too early. Whereas I think. Back then, you know, uh, in, certainly in the area I lived in anyway, like you could have like this breathing space before you had to be this fake tough guy. You could actually just be a fucking clown and everybody got on, you know, the factions weren't there. And yeah, that's definitely actually something coming back to the film. That's something I like. They're all different, you know, but there's no, you know, like, there's a weird kind of gothish girl and no one even says like, oh, you're the weird goth girl. It's like, oh, cool. And I remember it being like that, you know, we'd hang around with like rocker dudes and like skater dudes and whatever. And then we'd be there in a tracksuit or whatever and everyone yeah. was kind of okay you know like every no one really gave a shit it wasn't like which crew are you in it was like yeah we just want to go do you want to go camping and drink some like wkd yeah sure <laughs> you know like, it's, right. it's a weird weird time i think there's no malice in any of the characters and it does come down to uh, yes, what yeah. you were saying before there is a difference between again that rambunctiousness and like genuinely bad or malevolent people mm. um and I, I i feel like as you get older, too, uh, it's much easier to kind of spread those two things apart. I, I, and I also feel like if you don't find something to consume your time or like a function, like uh, you would mention skating, right? So mm, if, if you yeah. don't have like something to funnel that energy into, that it can become a, uh, a regressive thing where maybe you are getting into bad things just for the sake of doing bad things. It seemed like the people who had a more creative edge or had something they were passionate about. Maybe it was just woodworking or something. You know, they wound up getting themselves out of trouble, and the people who didn't quite have that just stewed and marinated in that environment and became gradually worse or got caught up in drugs or whatever it might be. No, definitely. I, I, do you know what? There was this, um, there was a few, like, there was two lads that I can think of right now were like the best skaters. They weren't really in our group. They were a like, lot older than us and they were really good at skating. Both of them now are heroin addicts. Both of them are heroin addicts. And I see one of them, uh, like quite often he lives near me and I think, fuck man, I thought you were so cool and you are just a junkie now, you know? And it's, it's again, like that guy just kind of never really got out of it, you know? And there was definitely a point where we'd like skate less. And like smoke more weed and then like drink people would drink and stuff you know and then i think i got to a point i was like fuck this man like me and my best friend at the time were like fuck this let's get out of this these are losers you know we recognized yeah. but then some others just kind of spirited away into nothingness you know and it's, it's sad you know it happens a lot i think yeah no that's exactly the case with my general uh crew of friends from the neighborhood as well i remember around like 13 or 14 they got more into like smoking pot drinking and i was like whoa this is a this is a bit too much for me. I gotta I gotta go home, fellas. And yeah, I same. Like I was the kid that like everybody's mum fucking hated to have around the house, <laughs> yeah. and I was quite happy with that. Like oh fuck, like Jake, uh, he's too loud. Like or he's trouble. Like or he's a you know he's we don't really want him here. We don't really want you hanging around with him. I was quite happy with that, but I was never like the kid where it's like he might give my kid drugs. You know, I was never yeah. that kid. I was just like happy just being a dickhead. You know. More Eddie Haskell than, uh, I, I don't even have a comparison for the latter. Uh, yeah, mm. so essentially like 13, 14, I retract from that. And, uh, you know, that's when I discovered the internet for real, basically. Oh, yeah, same. Yeah, and uh, the result of that was I, I packed on a whole lot of weight rather quickly and became just a fucking disgusting, greasy nerd. 
Uh, and then, you know, you get into your later teens, you, you, you slim down a little bit, and, uh, you know, you discover having a personality again outside of that. So that was my trajectory anyway. Um, I, I look back, I was talking to my friend about this yesterday. I went Nando's with my mate uh, last night, and he, me and him were talking, like, me and him have been friends for a long time, and we were very much involved in the whole kind of anonymous um occupy wall street kind of shit like we were like radical left libertarians when we were like 15 16 without ever really realizing it you know we were involved yeah. in all that and it's definitely like whilst it's kind of funny to look back on um it's definitely shaped who i am now i would say like the internet actually really helped me with a lot of things you know it's uh i don't know i think uh it was it wasn't a bad time on the internet in them times you know now it's just ring fenced to social media i was a big kid on forums i was always on forums you know and like message boards and shit like that oh yeah me too me irc too. chat yeah right and like gaming and like i was on mmos and shit and but i wasn't a nerd i was just like involved you know and i was like yeah i love the internet man and like i was on msn messenger and you know and i was just i liked it but now it seems less wild you know and everything seems more contained so what what would you get into then on the forums and whatnot? For me, it was all it was always film stuff. I remember I would I would have a specific goal in mind of trying to propagate fake information about superhero movies. Like I remember specifically, <laughs> I had put up a post saying, "Oh, uh, Christian Bale had auditioned for the role of Robin in Batman Forever," and I remember putting this out in multiple places, and I felt. So proud of myself when I picked up a magazine at my local comic book shop, maybe around 2005, 2006 or something, and an interviewer, a journalist, had asked Christian Bale about that, and he, and he seemed rather repulsed by the notion no that he would... No way. So your rumor got in there? Yes, 100%. That's so cool. Yeah, shit like that was an accomplishment back then. It was amazing. Yeah. You can't do that on the internet anymore. People would just be like, nah, like, Google it, nah, bullshit, yeah, you know, exactly. like, or just check his Twitter or something, you know, like... For me, it was, um, I started off on CKY forums, um, and there was like amateur jackass type people. And that's how I learned to do editing. You know, I had this, uh, movie, Windows Movie Maker. I became a fucking whiz on the shittest system possible. I remember someone was trying to get me to, um, it wasn't Adobe Premiere back then. It was something, it's called something else. But anyway, and you know, and I was like, nah, I'm, I'm on Windows Movie Maker. And I, that's when I understood or found that filmmaking could be cool. For me, it was always documentaries. You know, I was more into that. I didn't want to do fiction or anything, but you know, I watched CKY and certainly that has influenced me now. Even, you know, I, I love like the way they did a lot of things, not the, the stunts. I mean, like the editing was actually really kind of cool. You know, it still is. I think, I think it still stands up. Um, so yeah, I really got into that and then I was involved in like music, like grime music forums and all sorts of stuff like that, man. I I really liked that kind of, you know, that, that you had this little place you could go to and it wasn't it wasn't constant bullshit and drama, you know, it was actually about the topic at hand. Right. Yeah, for me, I I avoided Windows Movie Maker cuz I I knew right from the jump that was a piece of shit. I had oh, something so bad, called so bad. My my program of choice was, uh, I believe it was called Power Director or something like right. that. And it was very basic. It was essentially the same thing as Windows Movie Maker in retrospect. But it didn't limit you to the 4.3 uh, dimensions that, that would be the output for that. So, uh, yeah. But, I, I you know, I also rewatched the CKY series somewhat recently because I, I'm working on uh, something else. And I actually do agree that it does hold up now uh the editing and the 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 actual quality of the film itself of course it's aged it's very dated mm, but there is yeah. something so unique about that period of time and what kind of 
I, I don't want to call it content, uh, but just the, the kind of entertainment that that fulfilled uh, is so unique to that era. And uh, I don't think it could be really emulated in the same way now. No, I don't. It would be lame as fuck. It just, it's gone that, you know, that, that era is gone. But do you know what it is? I think, I just thought about this. It was like seeing something wild and like anarchistic almost, but delivered in a professional way. It was weird. I remember watching it thinking like, this looks, this looks good. And it's so funny and so good, but it is mad shit. Like it's the, and I'm seeing, and they're making money from it and it's on the TV, it's on MTV and like, it was just weird, man. That was a very weird period. That would never happen now. Could you imagine fucking someone turning up and trying to get Jackass, the, you know, a new series commissioned? I mean, first of all, you would have like, uh, you know, social justice types burning down MTV, you know, before yeah. the even thing even went out. And But back then it was just, it, it felt more wild to me. Things felt less contained, you know. But that that's also the thing as well. And I, I've been noticing this um, as I study the people who got involved in those kinds of things before, like, Obviously, the Jackass Crew, CKY, uh, Big Brother Magazine as a whole, and then Tom Green, there was an there was an escalation of the stakes involved, and that's ultimately, I think, why Tom Green got shut out because, uh, as daring or whatever as his material and his comedy was at the time, and him going around fucking with, uh, around with people in public, everything that CKY and Jackass did made that look infantile by comparison like they yeah. they they kept raising the stakes and i don't think networks would be up for that nowadays i know that mtv has some program actually that is kind of like jackass i haven't watched it but i know of a couple of the cool? guys involved um let me just take a look real quick i i think it's called too stupid to die <laughs> right and um, it, I'm. I just pulled up the IMDb, and it has a 4.3 rating uh, out of <laughs> 10 here. So it's a it's a stunt show. I haven't seen it. I don't know how similar it is to Jackass, but I know that these guys worked with Bam Margera on a couple of things, and uh, they do certain stunts on YouTube uh, with like fish hooks and all kinds of different things. So. Maybe that's an aspiration. I don't know what the series itself is like, but... It doesn't seem cool. Like, to even hear that, I just think, oh, man, like, fuck off. Like, you know, like, no no disrespect to them, but I just think that doesn't seem cool. Like, the way when CKY and that came about, it was just so cool. To me, anyways, like, a fuck it, I was like 13, 12, 13. And it was just, I remember watching it being like, oh, my God, like, this is incredible. Like, guys jumping out of trucks and, you know, like, living the life and skating with their friends. Yeah. It, just, it just seemed very cool and very, you know, very new. Anyway. Well, it, yeah, it, well, it's exactly that. That territory had not been carved out yet. So it was yeah. something kind of avant-garde. Yeah. Um, and this is 25 years later. It's not having the same effect. So I don't know. And I, you, you, to, a, to a broader point, I don't know where it really can go from there uh, unless you know somehow you can make a comedic snuff film but yeah no <laughs> good luck <laughs> yeah. uh but american honey do you have uh, any any other thoughts about this movie because we haven't we, we we definitely trailed off there but i think it all yeah, plays sorry. into i no, but i do think it plays more into the general conceit of the film uh as a whole do you have any other thoughts regarding this movie that we haven't touched on yet i just i don't know man i just really love it you know i just really like the I, you know what I think it is? I think I watch it and like someone who is like, I don't know, like I'm not really, uh, 
I don't have girlfriends and stuff like that. You know, I'm always on my own. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm a single guy. Sure. You know, but once I did, you know, when I'm fucking heartbroken and shit, or whatever, like I think for a loser like me like that, it, it makes me look at it and think like, shit, man, that's really important. You know, like I think to fight, look, what I'm trying to say is that they seem to have found each other against all odds and to probably everyone else, if that was real, you know, every most people would look at their relationship and think, oh God, that is gross. It's grimy. They barely know each other, whatever. They're involved in this fucking terrible shit. And it doesn't matter because they love each other, you know, and for them, it's really real, you know, and I thought... I like that, you know, and it's, do you know what, it's funny, it's the same with Fight Club, you know, when I watched Fight Club, I remember thinking like Marla and, you know, Tyler slash Jack, um, the main character, like, I was like, that's kind of a love story in the most fucked up way possible, you know, and they kind of need each other. So mm. I, I quite like that um, aspect of really unorthodox romance, you know, like, I don't think going out for dinner and getting dressed up and, you know, remembering to buy flowers. That's not romance to me. And it's probably not to a lot of people. I think romance is like, for example, that scene where they fucking rob those cowboys together and nick their car and drive into a fucking forest, you know, and like, yeah. it's just, it, that to me is like, that's fucking real, you know, but it's a film. <laughs> like maybe that doesn't even exist, you know, maybe that doesn't even exist. So but, but, well, it, even like if a, a dream of what I wish was real, perhaps. You know? Sure. But even if that doesn't exist, I think it's the energy that is captured from that moment exactly that's it that's it that's exactly it yeah the energy you know that energy and you very rarely you'll see it but when you see it yeah he's captured it perfectly that's yeah and i had watched this movie i don't know if you've seen this film and i was going to make this comparison earlier because of shia labeouf and shia labeouf obviously being a figure of controversy to some degree perhaps uh less so than he wishes um but uh buffalo 66 have you seen this movie is it black and white uh, no, 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 I it, haven't. <laughs> it's, uh, it, I haven't seen anything, man. It's a, it's a late nineties movie that as you were talking about, like the romance of this film or the general spirit of that, I compare to, in my brain to Buffalo 66, which is very unorthodox and a weird movie in many ways. Um, but I also see Shia LaBeouf as a similar character as a person and as an artist to this guy, Vincent Gallo, who I've been uh, researching thoroughly. No, I heard of him. Okay, well, he's a weird guy as well. And he was like pre-Shia LaBeouf, where he took himself a little too seriously. He was perhaps a bit uh, more sensitive to his critics than he should have been. But unlike Shia LaBeouf, Vincent Gallo decided, all right, I've had enough of this Hollywood system. I'm bowing out. I'm done here. And then walked away. Like, you can go to vincentgallo.com, which hasn't been updated since 2010, and you won't see, like, a he-will-not-divide-us type of uh, art movement, but you can go to his merch store and uh, purchase a night with Vincent Gallo or uh, his sperm, which uh, he has uh, specified he would like uh, Jewish women to use to impregnate themselves so the children can be successful. And there's a big... uh, So he's written about these things at length on his website. And you really can purchase all of these things and more at vincentgallo.com. That's actually today's sponsor is vincentgallo.com. If if you want to set anyone up for uh, a sex crime, Vincent Gallo, (laughs) get the merch, sperm in a tube, Yeah, sorted. We should do that. That's brilliant. That's actually great. Extort him. Just say, like, we've, we've purchased the cum... And we're going to fucking, you give us a hundred thousand right now, or 
it's going in some scene. I mean, but, but but how can you even prove that's really his? I mean, there could surely just be a, not. You'd have to be insane. Yeah, they're, they're, you know, that could be a drifter he met on the side of the road. It could just be a little soap in a bottle. You don't know. Yeah, yeah. I um, don't know. But but yeah, I I I I, I don't know. Buffalo '66 is uh, definitely another interesting movie that I think captures a, a, a similar energy to this movie, but it's also a nastier film as a whole. Right. So. Just to say one more thing, um, something that just occurred to me or just popped to my thoughts. Um, I really like films that portray like an unusual or really pure relationship, you know, like whereas I feel like as dirty and as, as kind of grimy as um, Star and that Jake's relationship is in that film and as fucked up as it is, it feels very pure. Another film that I feel the same way about in a very different way is um, the original Let the Right One In. Have you seen that, the vampire one? Yes, I have, yeah. Yeah, so the relationship between the little boy and the girl, the vampire girl or whatever, I remember watching that and just thinking, that is fucking beautiful. That's a beautiful, pure relationship, you know. I remember as a kid thinking, like, I was kind of a lonely kid. I remember thinking, oh, I would love, like, uh, a girl that's my friend, but that's not a girlfriend. Like, you're not having them kind of thoughts, you know. It was just pure. And so is that, you know. But also then I guess the it's not pure in that way with the star and the J, but it just seems real and pure to me. It's like, oh, okay, they're all in, you know, they're all in. And uh, that's important, I think. Although, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you can consider a, a eunuch a girl, but uh, anyway. <laughs> just just gloss over that. Uh, <laughs> you're spoiling the romance of it for me. I know, I know. Um, all right, I, I, I think everything about American Honey that uh, could be said has been said. Unless there's, yeah, there's anything else. There's not that else. much depth to it, thinking about it. <laughs> it's, just, yeah. uh, it's just like uh, me up in my feels, as the young kids say, you know? <laughs> sure. But uh, I think we've managed to extract a lot from what the movie offers to uh, get into more general territories. And so, I don't it, it is a much better movie than I remembered it being. And considering I was not enthusiastic to rewatch it, and that's why I waited till literally like the last minute to put it on, um, I did get more out of it on that second viewing and appreciate it more as a film and also just the performances that are uh, in the movie itself. And, you know, I, I would like to see that lead actress get more work. I did take a look at her IMDb and she hasn't really had a steady stream since uh, this movie came yeah. out. Though I, you, I checked her out as well. Yeah, she is very good, you know. She's in uh, the new Hellboy movie that's coming out and that seems to be big, the... That's big. Yeah, I mean, I won't be seeing it, but... Uh, <laughs> Same. <laughs> Uh, and, and also, you know, this was 2016, which in a lot of ways feels like yesterday and is also feeling like 40 years ago at this Yeah, day. no, for real. It was a million miles away. I mean, I, I rewatched this again uh, just this morning. And I would say it's definitely a nighttime film to watch. But, I, you know, I watched it this morning and... I, I, was, I was like, mm, my heart, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, like if you're a lonely doomer, you might like this film, you know, just because it's, uh, I don't know, like I said, it portrays something that seems really pure, perhaps in a time or at least a bubble I'm in where nothing feels very real, you know. Uh, as a doomer, though, um, how are you feeling about <laughs> the prospects of the world compared to uh, the last show? Because I'm, I I'm actually sorry. Go on. Sorry. I, I was going to say because for me personally, I was I was feeling quite pessimistic about the state of things around that time, uh, but now I've got more of an optimistic viewpoint of where things are going at the moment. Me as well, me as well. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. I'm actually more positive. I don't know if that's just because of my own, you know, my personal, you know, my my popular front, my business, if you like, my my 
I don't know what you would call it really, a channel, my platform is doing well. And I realized that the what I thought that people do want things that aren't bullshit, you know, um, I was like, I'm sure that's right. I never bought this thing of, oh, people just want shit. Not really. I don't think they do. And I feel like I'm proving that right, you know, um, that, you know, I, I don't know, there, there is there is something out there. I, do you know what? We were speaking about this before we came on, but I do feel like things are changing in a way the tides are changing there's i think people are getting over the initial shock of like old oh, things are like this now and kind of running with it you know like, i'm even seeing people that were kind of wannabe woke bro types that i was friends with you know i'm friends with some people like that and even they're kind of like hey yeah okay like you know let's laugh at this again you know they, they realize it's not that it's not that big and also i think maybe it's just me but i think people are realizing and waking up to or at least using this more like this argument outside of the bubble that you're arguing about something with someone in on the internet no one gives a fuck you know what i'm saying like i think people are realizing like it's not that big a deal anymore you know things aren't that big a deal unless they're look i i'm really explaining this badly i just think people have got fatigue and when the fatigue sets in the shock fatigue then hopefully I think things can recalibrate a little bit and people realise like, okay, I don't want to get fatigued. There's no point kicking off about that, that and that. Let's focus on what is worth kicking off about, you know? Um, but then again, yeah. you know, I've been watching a lot of QAnon videos, you know, that fucking weird <laughs> shit. No, seriously, yeah. Yeah, like, no, I watch, no, no. I watch QAnon because it's so funny to me. It's comedy for me. And um, I, that, like that shit is mad. It's like, what the fuck is going on? You know, like, what is wrong with you? You know, it's just mind yeah. blowing how big that is. And then on the other side, you got people that are like, you know, I'm still with her types, like these fucking like neoliberal jerk offs who think that like, you know, Hillary's coming back. And oh man, I'm telling you, man, I hope like, she comes know. back. I hope she comes back with a vengeance and um, <laughs> does some I, weird dancing, like still yeah. dabbing in like 2019 and shit. Be so that would funny, be man. that would be the best. Yeah, you, uh, uh, when you when we were talking about. Um, how your documentary just disappeared and you 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 wrote uh like a like a just a weird like phrase or sentence or it was like a combination of letters and words and numbers or something and i was like what, what is this and i typed it into google and it was like QAnon stuff i was like oh god what, what oh, is yeah. he getting himself into here <laughs> oh no i don't believe that shit is it's, it's completely oh, no. just comedy for me you know yeah i uh, i don't know it, it's it's all very fascinating i do think um as you said, people are waking up and certain issues that's are becoming... QAnon, that's a QAnon catchphrase. You're involved now. The people are waking up, all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I do think certain issues are becoming less partisan. I, I've seen that in my circle as well. Uh, you know, I'm not surrounded by as many uh, hardcore leftists or, or neoliberal types, but those that I am surrounded by uh, do seem to have like a lighter spirit about these things. Yeah, chilled out a bit with it. Yeah, yeah I, I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to say by 2021, uh, this will be a completely different planet. That's what I yeah. have a feeling. I, I, I've been, um, you know, I, I was having a discussion with my friend about this. I saw some like some fucking airline had invested like millions of pounds in giving all their fucking staff like training on how to not misgender people and you know kind of trying to police their speech and i thought what a waste of money in five five years all that that trend will be gone and no one will give a fuck about it and we'll go back to how it was anyway you know like and also outside of the internet no one gives a fuck about that man you know like no one, no one's doing that really it, it you know i i get involved i often have a go at like uh, american liberals and leftists and, you know, all of this hyper, hyper um, social justice shit, it actually doesn't 
exist that much. You know, when you step out of the circle of the internet, you know, even like sensitive types are not really trying to cancel everyone all the time. You can actually speak to these people. It's definitely a monster of its own creation, you know, I think. Well, there is there is a shift a little bit in that I think people are so brainwashed of their own circles enough that occasionally you do see the blips pop up in reality. Uh, like, uh, for example, the first thing that came to mind was uh, the It's Ma'am video where uh, that that trans woman got very aggressive with the uh, the cashier at some like market and it became a meme, things like that. Or like, you know, definitely on the right as well, where you see like these these oafs and peppy shirts and, you know, that show up to rallies like people who think this is a greater representation of reality or the country's reality than it actually is. When in truth. I think a lot of people don't even know about these things. They don't even think about these things. That's so true. That is so true. And journalists, uh, you know, I am, I do love my profession, but a lot of journalists, particularly political ones, are actually feeding it from left and right and liberal and, you know, conservative, whatever, whatever. Like, they're all feeding into it because they're creating this little hamster wheel where they're all, like, bringing people into it. And, oh, it's this, it's that. And it's it's like, nah, man, get out of your city or get out of your town and go and talk to normal people. And, you know, do you think some, like, fucking rancher in Texas or... Or like some poor kid in New York gives a fuck about Pepe. Not really. You know, they haven't got time for it, you know. So it's, uh, you know, people should just get out of their house. Get out of their normal surroundings a little bit more maybe, you know. If you are in, luckily for me, I never lived in, in the kind of uh, media circle, I guess. So I didn't really, you know, didn't really take much note of it. But I think a lot of people have to live in it, you know. And, and they should just step outside of it a little bit sometimes. Yeah, I, I don't know necessarily how I would be able to cope if I had to spend like 24-7 uh, living in a big populated city where like those types of politics are much more popular in addition mm. to the internet. Like obviously I do a lot oh. of work in New York and I'm I'm actually going to be moving to New York City very soon. But I also spend most of my time out in like the middle of nowhere, Massachusetts, surrounded by just trees and shit. And it's like yeah. a good decompression from all of that, you know? Definitely. Nature cures all, man. There's... um. You know, they're, they're, I don't want to sound like some fucking hippie, but there, there's an energy in nature, definitely, that I think pulls a lot of the stuff together for you in your head, you know, yeah, makes you I, realize what's important. That's a, that's a Kaczynski quote, I believe, right? <laughs> <laughs> Probably, you know. Do you know what? <laughs> there, there was a hailstorm, actually, yesterday. I was at the supermarket, and the um, the cashier guy said, oh, you know what that is? It's global warming. And I said, um, the industrial, uh, the, the industrial revolution was a mistake, like as a joke, <laughs> just thinking like, there's no one even to witness this joke. What yeah. the fuck is wrong with me? You know? And, and he just looked at me and was like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> shut up, Jake. What is wrong with you? Oh boy. All right. On that note, I think, uh, this will be the proper, uh, point to put a pin in things. Uh, do you want to plug your website, your podcast, everything that you can find online regarding, Jake Hanrahan and Popular Front. Yeah, man. Um, if you want to look at my, uh, you know, my work, it's jakehanrahan.com. That's H-A-N-R-A-H-A-N. That's how you spell my surname. Um, and then if you want to look at my platform, which I've been talking about, popularfront.co. Um, I joke that it's counter-offensive, but it's not. I couldn't afford to buy the .com, so there you go. Popularfront.co. It's independent, grassroots, conflict journalism, Without any kind of, you know, we're not bothered who we offend. We're interested in facts and interesting stories. That's it. We're trying to eschew the whole, uh, you know, media landscape of outrage. <laughs> Whilst doing important, what I think is, you know, I say we do serious work. We don't take ourselves too seriously. And, you know, it seems to be working. 
And that's good because too many people are. Too many people, like Shia LaBeouf, take themselves far too seriously. Yeah, man. I feel like if you could just hang out with him for a week away from all those like fucking art nerds that are trying to you know, live off of him, then uh, he'd probably be a cool guy. Yeah, I think it's a similar effect to like Kanye West. There's too many people in his circle trying to milk him for whatever uh, purposes they have in mind. All right, man, this has been great. And uh, until next week, this has been Movies. Movies.